whatever you do, don't let your babies grow up to be cowboys. Or in fact, forget about cowboys for a minute. Don't let them grow up to work on cars, please. Hi, y'all. I'm not a cowboy. I suppose I am actually. I'm the car cowboy. Martin Don, I'm bringing you range anxiety. 30 years of third automotive shenanigans in 30 minutes. And what a day. Yep, don't grow up to be a cowboy. Don't grow up to work on cars. Be doctors and lawyers and such. Thanks, Willie and Waylon, for that intro track. Because today has been a day that's just been that good or that bad. I just got to tell you all about it. Who wants to hear it while I drive along home in a really noisy Tesla today? Yeah, it's the SR Plus, and yeah, I'm doing my, my gravel bit as I vacate the premises, yep. So, what happened? Well, for those of you that have listened to uh, my epicars not so long ago that involved a young man bringing his dad in, and his dad told me off, well, I got that car back today. Now this was going to be easy for me, in fact it came in last night and I started, I was bright, bushy-tailed and early and I got on it at 8 o'clock this morning. It had just, I mean it was tuned alright, it had just had a set of headers fitted by an exhaust shop that were going to do the tuning and they put an OTR on it as well and they were going to do the tuning and remember the big argument was, no you've already paid me to tune it, I'll do the tuning for you and I'll do a better job. Well, let's just say five, six hours later, I was still working on this Commodore. And those of you that know me, or those of you that are in the tuning game, understand that tuning Commodores should be a little bit like shelling peas. It should just happen naturally. But no, 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 not this one. Well, it all started when um, Gareth put his foot down on the dyno. Like, it made good power. This thing went from 206 to 300 and three kilowatts at the wheel straight away, but it was missy. And I said, oh, that's no good, Garrett. Drop the plugs out of it, will you? Let's have a look at them. Now remember, Dad had already told me, I'm not, I don't want any more charges on this car. You've charged me to tune it. So of course, you know, I'm gonna warrant the spark plugs, aren't I? So we pulled them out. It's a fresh engine, allegedly. Fresh cam install, fresh set of headers. Had like spark plugs from 2001 in it. They were original factory ones and they were knackered. No problems. Put a new set of NGK TR6s in it, we did. They're my spark plug of choice for the LS. There you go. They've always worked well. They're cheap, cheerful and, and of high quality. Put a new set of TR6s in it and Gareth goes, oh, hang on, here's a problem. We couldn't find any cracks. Normally exhaust shops crack spark plugs when they fit headers. No, they hadn't cracked these, right? So that was, that was quite good. But the Chinese headers that they used didn't clear like number six, I think it was. And so if you tried to use number six lead, if you tried to plug it in using the proper factory leads with the proper work nicely metal boots on them that are all so important, it wouldn't clip on, it would just pop straight off. Ah, damn. So we did that. We, uh, Took the, took the boot off it, the metal boot, put the lead back on, ran it up, good. I said, oh, I better get out and give it a bit of a test. I've got to make sure this car's perfect so I don't want to get a good, you know, smack around the head from Dad again. Probably would have done me a bit of good today, actually. Um, so I got out and drove it, drove like shit. Like real shit. It was fluffy and coughing and farting and you put your foot down, it would go and not go. It was absolutely horrible. I thought, oh, 
no, bloody, it's got a big cam. I don't know what it is. It's, a, it's what we like to call like an ugly cam. Like it's not a big cam as in, i.e. it's cool and makes a shit ton of power. It's just a big, grumpy, ugly thing to use. So, all right, no mucking around. Had an OTR on it. The, the airflow meter or MAF sits directly in line with the throttle body. They can get all sorts of reversions. So I thought, stuff this. I'm just going to go straight to MAFless. So I loaded a new operating system into it. I'm five or four and a half minutes into the, or four minutes and 50 seconds into the five minute right, and my laptop comes on, just gone from 50% charge to 1%, uh, critical low, about to shut down with a few seconds left. I'm like, no, because of course I wasn't plugged in, because I'm a show pony, you know, and the car was out in the car park, so I've got no and it finished the right and about two seconds after the right boom laptop shut down i thought Phew. just got out of that one with my teeth by the skin of my teeth so started this thing up it was a bit of a rough idle but i thought i'll drive it yeah good got rid of all of the the, the real stuttery horrible low rpm behavior real good so i just drove it up around our internal slip road started playing up again ah oh, shit okay Hmm, needs to be a bit richer there on, on, the, on the stomp, on the transition. So I did that. No, wasn't that either. And by this stage, every time I'm flashing, I'm wrestling with extension cords and, you know, all sorts of horrible things going on. And um, so I did all of that. Oh, good. And, uh, yeah, that was a truck just beeping at some other Adelaide driver, not me. Teslas don't put a foot wrong. Uh, well, unless they're driving themselves, allegedly. So... You know, I'm wrestling around with extension cords and trying to make my logger work properly. Couldn't see anything going on in the logs. It's just driving like shit. Man, oh man, long and short-term trims are all right. So I went through, I reckon, because I always iterate the numbers on the end of my tunes. I like, I got up to Mathless 12 before I just gave up and put it back to Math, where it did run a little bit nicer in some conditions, but not not everywhere and you know i was playing with math frequencies and everything else and doing my head in and my phone's ringing and people are wanting to know if they can hire the dyno to uh, you to dyno two-wheel drive scooters and things and it's like no go away leave me alone and then gareth points out to me oh when he comes in to pick it up uh tell him to fix the loom while he's at it won't you i'm like what what are you talking about sure enough the back corner of the engine on the right hand side the main loom comes over, all the conduits split on it, and the loom's hanging out, rubbing against the block all the way down. Oh, you beauty. So obviously it's moving around and shorting something out, and oh my goodness, why didn't you tell me earlier, Gareth? But anyway, it's not his fault. So, you know, this is 150, and the customer's like bringing me up, saying I need to know that we're on track for two o'clock so i'm leaving to come now and I said yep just come get it so you know i made it run a lot better but it was probably the hardest ls one i've had to do in a while why because dingleberries had been working on it and messed the whole thing up why do people insist on doing that and doing the wrong thing and you know ls ones or ls threes or ls series engines are not witchcraft right they're not difficult at all so i don't know why he's you know why he didn't do it right oh well stuff happens you know so that was all right so next part of the day that car was taking me half the day gareth had the immense pleasure of working on a mid 2000s 
uh, S-Class Benz 6-litre twin, uh, sorry, S600 twin-turbo V12. Now, these things, we'd had that in from the night before, and these things are a bit of a tricky thing to program. They're an old ME 2.7 Bosch ECU. So reading them, you don't actually read them. What you do is you identify them, and then you find online or through your contacts, I've got some contacts in Germany, thankfully, a standard file for the car, which I did. So then you've got a file that you can actually modify once you've, once you've identified it. Once you've got it done that way, you can actually write the file yourself and flash in your changes and away you go. So we got hold of a standard file overnight. We didn't get to that car till about 10, 30, 11. And of course the customer wanted it back by two. Everyone wants this stuff back by two. I don't know what it is. It's like the witching hour for, um, for uh, car pickups. Okay, so, well, that didn't turn out too well either because Garrett gets it on the dyno and we go to run it and he plugs in a boost feed, so he pulls the line off the boost pressure sensor to tee into it on the on the uh, Mercedes-AMG or Mercedes engine, and the map sensor uh, just promptly snaps in half, which someone had tried to selastic it together with the stuff, with the type of sealant you use on your gutters, on your house, at some stage before, and it just went dunk and fell in half. So there's Gareth cursing, swearing, and making up a sleeve to go inside the map sensor tube and then gluing it back together with like an arrow dot, like a, a two-pack compound. And we got that to work, but we couldn't plug a boost line back into it, so we had to rely on reported boost from the scanner to log the boost, because it wouldn't log via ABD2. So then we couldn't make any power out of it standard, and we find that someone had tried to glue half of the vacuum lines together in the engine bay as well. Now you think an old Nissan 300ZX is a pain in the ass with all the connectors crumbling and hoses perishing. You should try like a 20 something year old Benz. Yeah, that's gonna do you nut in every time. Well, eventually I've got to give Garrett these Gs. He managed to coax 292 kilowatts at the wheels out of it in stock form. And then we played, you know, mod the file for a while and managed to get it up to 346 kilowatts or 350 or something at the rear wheel seat. Yeah, that was a pretty stout result. But I told the customer and I said, look, this thing's proven to be really difficult because this, 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 you know, everything broke as soon as we touched it. And he goes, oh yeah, they do that. Oh, don't worry about that. Yeah, well, it would have been like, since you touched it, I need to buy a new map sensor from Germany and they cost 62,000 euros or something, you know, equally as cool as that, not. So thankfully, that kind of worked in the end. All the while, we were juggling an Audi A6 three litre supercharged petrol thing. And of course, the guy, lovely guy, I've dealt with him before, but he wanted a popcorn tune, a popcorn tune. Now, I wasn't having a good day as it was. And then you start with your popcorn tuning on me. And I said, look, mate, it's supercharged. Oh, but you did my Focus previously, my Focus Turbo, and that was just belching flames everywhere. That was like the best flamethrower ever. I said, yeah, that's turbocharged. Different ECU, this is an Audi, this is different supercharged it's a lot harder to do and you've got the stock exhaust on it so 
reading those Audis isn't so easy either. You've got to take the ECU out and read it on the bench. And you have to make up a special patch harness to do that. So we did that and we read it and we made some changes to try and add a bit of popcorn to it. Pop, pop. And uh, I was happy with the way the file looked and uh, Gareth went to flash it back in. No communications with the ECU. Oh my goodness. And we shut everything down and we started everything again and we rebooted all the tuning tools. No communication with ECU. Yo, ripper. Better go down and make sure it starts. So plugging it back into the car is no two-second job either. So I went down, plugged it in, made sure it started. Sure enough. And eventually what it came down to is, you know, one of the 14 wires that we have to plug into it to do service mode for the ECU on the bench just didn't have quite a good enough connection on its tiny little itty-bitty pins. Pure beauty. So we got that back in the car. And it made some more right power, actually. I think it went from 169 kilowatts at the wheels and it went up to about 211. So yeah, it was quite a nice gain. It was all in the ignition timing and fueling of that thing because Audi just tend to get all those numbers and tip them down the drain, which is, and go very much on the soft side, which is um, something that's good for me if you're in the business of tuning them. Then of course, last but not least, was the Y62 Patrol. Now we're pretty nifty with these. We've developed a way of, of hacking around in the software to make them do things that other people don't seem to be able to get them to do. But the big problem was this thing had like 37 inch wheels and tires on it and made 156 kilowatts at the wheels standard with a full system on it, right? I'm talking headers the lot, 156 at the tires, yippah. So making that work was always going to be hard because the problem with big, nasty, knobbly tyres like that is the more sort of heat you put through them or the more grunt you put through them, the more they want to distort the tread and the less power they'll want to indicate. So yeah, you're actually battling yourself. The more power you make, the less it wants to read. Ugh. So eventually we managed to coax that thing from 156 to 169 or 170. Not indicative of really good tuning, but the numbers were right. The timing was right. The air fuel ratios were right. The torque management requests were right. So, you know, you can't be too hard on yourself about that sort of thing. So we managed to talk everyone around on that and understand, you know, go put your standard wheels and tires on it and it will make over 200 at the treads, and no problemo, like they all do. So we got that through to the customer, and that was all right. Then secondly, lastly, actually, for today. Now, I haven't managed to get in the door at home yet, but I've got to go out to something I don't actually want to go to tonight, but there you go, that's what I end up doing. Um, last but not least is I decided to have a bit of a pack-up after such an exciting day, and I moved all of the laptop gear and our programming gear out of the workshop and I got distracted on the way by some 600 cubic inch HQ that I wanted to keep my foot on the throttle, long story, but I just wanted to keep it running for the lads and Garrett comes up to me half an hour later, um, what have you done with my laptop? I said I put it upstairs and of course the ensuing half an hour search which involved going upstairs to our accounts department, um, accessing the security cameras, scrolling back through 
an hour of footage to see where I'd been and what I'd done, but the one key critical piece of information wasn't there and you couldn't see what I actually did with the laptop. Luckily for an old boy, my memory started working right and because we're on such a big premises of some, you know, 30,000 square meters, we got a lot going on and the service manager was over in his buggy, a golf cart, and I accidentally put the stuff in the back of that and he was some, you know, quarter of a mile away over in another building when I finally realized what I'd done and Gareth and I both calmed down and sped over there and in yet another golf cart and rescued the gear. So at about that point, I told the lovely Maria and Ash on the front desk, I said, if anybody rings up for me from now on, this is about 4.10 p.m. I said, if anybody rings up, tell them I'm dead, that I've passed away and I'll no longer be accepting any phone calls or any responsibility for anything at all today. So today was pretty much what we call a dead lost day. It was a pain in the ass and it was very frustrating. And that is why you don't want to grow up to be working on cars. It is a heartless, thankless, cincher job. Right, now I've got that out of my system. Uh, the pulse has slowed down a bit. It's not good for an old boy like me to get so excited because, you know, I'll do myself a, a nasty turn. Oh, actually, a few days off would be all right, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, so that's where we're at so uh, i'm calming down the tesla's massaging me look drive me tesla but just not into a tree and make me an inferno oh look it's driving me thank you tesla um so what else is news well everything's starting to hurt right now oh, thank you for dropping out of autopilot so soon i do appreciate that not everything's starting to hurt right now because of this semiconductor shortage it's a major 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 worldwide problem and it goes something like this, you've probably heard all about it on the news, is that during, you know, at the start of COVID, as I've covered off before in other epicast, uh, the world's businesses collectively shit themselves and cancelled all their orders for everything, from manufacturing cars to, you know, appliances to everything, and told all of the semiconductor makers, and there isn't that many. You know, there's Taiwan, there's China, there's a few, there's very little left anywhere else in a conventional Western country. And they told them all to nick off, so they ramped down all their semiconductor supply, not realizing that people were gonna go absolutely stupid and buy everything they could, everything in sight, and now there's no supply. I think it's TMSC that do Apple semiconductor in Taiwan. Um, you know, everything from your fridge to your latest oven to your mobile phone has got semiconductors in it, and most importantly, cars. Everyone's gonna go, ha ha. You're stuffed with your Teslas now, you know, they're a silicon chip on wheels. Well, it actually ain't hurting Tesla too much because they've nailed down, they do their own custom semiconductors and ICs, or some of them, and they don't seem to have shortages with the volumes they do that are holding up supply. I mean, they do have problems with the S and X at the moment, um, but they're not making clear what those problems are, but they are, thankfully they have told us, Big Daddy came through and said that plate deliveries start in May, so that's fantastic. And, uh, uh, one of their reasons was that they're packing so much more density into the existing size battery pack that they needed to be able to test it for safety, whatever that means. But I'm glad that they are testing it for safety and not doing what some other manufacturers have done and have to do big recalls over batteries quite literally exploding. 
So, back to the semiconductor shortage. Doesn't seem to have hurt Tesla, but it has hurt big players of conventional ice or legacy or piston, petrol, diesel cars like Ford and GM. GM have shut down like three lines in the US, production lines, because they can't get uh, semiconductors for their infotainment. They've been cutting corners apparently on some of their um, engine calibration devices or smog control devices, I suppose you could call them. They've been cutting corners that are making them less effective knowing that this was coming up. This is all hearsay, what I heard on a tech podcast this morning. And there's also the Ford F-Series trucks, which I have a little bit to do with. Uh, they're lined up, in particular F1 and 250s, lined up with just this tiny little hole in the dash waiting for a semiconductor, a chip. Tiny little thing, small as a match head or, you know, not much bigger to go in there to enable the whole vehicle because there's not much use sending out a car without any of the screens functioning or the software working properly. She's the only people that have ever done that are Volkswagen with their ID4. Good work, guys. Um, so yeah, massive shortages now. What this means to you and I is that not only um, will there be delays on new cars, but don't look at any time for the COVID tax to start going away on the price of automobiles. They're going to stay crazy and they're going to stay mental. And yeah, they're talking about this taking 12 to 18 months to actually sort out so that we can actually get normal supply going again. If it's not one thing in this modern world, it is just another the new normal it's like a greed fest of buying things and now we're all starting to pay the price and that price is more inconvenience which makes people at the end of the day more mental when you have to deal with them and to your average joe off the street trying to explain a worldwide semiconductor shortage as being the reason why they can't drive their new car or can't modify it or can't something or other it thankfully the mod side of it is looking to be right at this stage is just a very hard task which complicates our day even further so yeah next time uh, someone talks to you about the semiconductor shortage uh, you can talk like a pro about it because it is a real thing and it's here to stay apparently for a long long time hmm yes frustrating so that just about wraps us up for today. Uh, you'll see on the news, on, well, on the news snippets, there's a couple of things to go through. Is the new Rimac C2 uh, electric challenger. And Rimac seemed to be a pretty, you know, a pretty, oh, uh, look, I'm going to get cut off by Sammy. What a nice guy. You know, he really thought that through. Absolute dickhead. You know, truckies rule the roads. Well, this one does. You know, he's got to probably put down whatever it is that he's, you know, been, uh, yeah, whatever. I'm not going to get into that. Most of my trucking mates are great guys, but this one was just an asshole. Um, Rimac have now done an eight second quarter mile in their sort of production car, the one they're making a handful of that's already pre-sold. I think it's called the C2. It's a thousand horsepower. It's electric and it just walks anything you can buy. And, you know, people will be going, oh, but the 675LT McLaren, look, that's an awesome thing for a two-wheel drive petrol car, but it's no Rimac, um, it's probably a bit cheaper and you know I'm not talking about special tracks and drag radials and things like that, the Rimac walk up did it on an unprepared surface, 
and they were a little bit off their 1.9 second 60 uh, sorry naught to 100 time they're only about a 2.2 or 3 or something so that thing's got some tremendous acceleration look anyway that's all i've got for you today i'm feeling a bit calm i've nearly made it home without dying so thank you very much for listening to range anxiety and stay tuned for more next time